It's episode 11 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast. Today I have on my guys from uh, Poco Minor Hockey. One's a legend and one's a brother of Kurt Everly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I got Doug Everly and Matt Glock. How's it going, boys? Good, good, good yourself. Not too bad. Thanks for joining the podcast tonight. Um, get into the Christmas spirit a few days before Christmas. Got all your, got all your stuff done? Or uh, is that a Christmas Eve kind of thing? Uh, that's a Christmas Eve kind of thing. Maybe a Boxing Day kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Post Christmas Day is to be like, I'm going tomorrow so I can get the sales. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way to do it. So, um, NBA, we're recording on um, opening night of the NBA. Uh, but we're going to do a little uh, 2020, 2021 NBA season preview. We're recording after the Golden State got pumped by the Nets. Did you guys watch the game? I did not. I did not. I did see Durant suddenly threw down a massive dunk, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was at work, and uh, so I, I did not see the game, but I was getting updates on my phone from the fantasy, and it, it was not good for the Warriors. Brooklyn's definitely been dangerous this year. Yeah. Uh, Steph, that was kind of, you know, like dusting off the cobwebs kind of game. He wasn't really hit himself but mm-hmm. like james wiseman looked good and um katie and Kyrie just looked scary really good yeah like they're like they're back and then just the surrounding pieces from the nets like they look really scary this year but we'll get to them in a short period here but yeah they look it looked really good it looked really good and um Lakers and Clippers are going on right now. But we're going to start in the East and kind of go over some notable moves. So we'll start with the Atlanta Hawks, who made some pretty good moves in the offseason. Um, they, the key additions, Gallinari, Rondo, and Bogdanovich. Um, how do you guys think of the Atlanta Hawks this year and what they did? I think. I think they're going to be a playoff team overall. I think they're going to squeeze in there. I know Doug, Doug probably has a different opinion. I already know he does, but I really do believe they're going to squeeze in the playoffs. Well, but, um, What do you think puts them over the edge? Just the depth. They have more depth now. They have Gallinari shooting big man. They have, uh, they have um, Clint Capella they added last year, another big man. I think the depth, Trey Young's not by himself anymore. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Dougie? Well, Okay, so I think the Hawks have the potential to be a playoff team. But, uh, like, as I was going through who I think or how the Eastern Conference is going to rank, the Pacers, Hawks, Orlando, and Wizards, like, those four teams could all make the playoffs or or all miss them. And I I don't see much difference between the Hawks and, let's say, the Pacers or the Hawks and the Wizards. So, Yeah, I I think the Hawks got a lot of offensive – help to their team, but I still think they're kind of weak on the defensive end, mm-hmm. which I think will be yeah. an X factor. And we're after we cover our, like, kind of big moves or notable moves in the East, we'll go over our playoff teams. But as for the Hawks, I I think they slip out. But I agree with you, Doug. There's, the East is really top-heavy, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I think there's, like, four, like, four or five for sure teams. But then – it's like the last three or four spots are kind of interchangeable. 
Yeah, I, mean, I think I think the top five are set in stone pretty much. Yeah. But but after that, uh, yeah, it can kind of doesn't really matter. Fine. But I really think Gallinari, um, he's a good bench piece because I think he's coming off, and um, but he's like a guy who can give you like twenty, like twenty and six or something like that, and he can be out there for late game situations. But yeah, I don't know. Just I think after this year, they're going to be a bit more dangerous. Um, kind of playing together like a full year playing together. I think. It's like almost like the Browns in the NFL. Like when they had a big off season, they were really underwhelming. And then the seasons the season after they kind of started heating up a bit more. How do you guys I, think Trey Young will do with everyone else now instead of just being by himself up empty stats? Well, I, okay, so one person we failed to mention here, and that kind of goes to what you were saying, Matt, was that John Collins was out for the first, I think it was 27 games for the, the suspension last year and he's a big piece and with him coming back playing a full season I mean that chemistry between Trey Young and, and Collins and then with Capella at the five I, I I could see them definitely making the playoffs and I, I think uh, Collins and Capella and and the other guys will definitely draw some attention off of Trey Young yeah I um I think Rondo is a really big piece just for Trey Young, just to kind of have that veteran presence, just like help him. Um, but yeah, I don't know something about it. We'll see though. Um, the Brooklyn Nets they didn't make. I think their most notable offseason acquisition was Steve Nash's coach, and we'll see how that goes. First year, he. Drew up a good game plan tonight, spanked the Warriors. But I think the biggest thing about the Nets is KD and Kyrie coming off IR. Yeah, I think I, I think it's going to be the the chemistry between those two guys that determines how well the Nets do. Yeah, I um Kyrie quoted that with KD being by his side, it's the first time he's had someone that he trusts taking the last shot. And Dougie has a Lakers and Ron guy, Can't I don't blame too lightly, but I mean, there's not much to say about that. Everybody knows that that's that's BS. So I, I don't I don't have to elaborate <laughs> on that point very much. Yeah, but yeah, Brooklyn. I think there's like a whole new team this year, and they're obviously probably favorites to come out of the East, or at least either them or the Bucks. But yeah, there's, there's there's not really much to say about them because everyone expects them to at least be in the Eastern Conference Finals this year, if not the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. But with Dinwiddie, Lavert, even like DeAndre Jordan, and then you got like Jarrett Allen, you got Joe Harris, like you have a lot of supporting pieces around them, and then two superstars. So, Brooklyn's like a whole new team from last year. They're not just going to squeeze in. Like, they're going to be in top half yeah. of the, like the top quarter of the league. Um, but next I have is Milwaukee. And they gave up, like, a lot for Drew Holiday. But I also think it helps Milwaukee. I think Drew 
provides a bit more than what like Bloodsoe did. And they're always going to be a good team. So I think their first round picks are almost like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think Drew Holiday helps them. Do you guys have any stance on the Bucks? I, I um, you go first, Matt. Um, I I don't think they they made a off season acquisition that's going to get them over the hump. It seems like especially with the Brooklyn Nets coming back this year with Katie and Kyrie. Um, it'd be very interesting. I think I don't think they're going to come out of the East even with all what they did this year. And I think they did give up quite a bit for Drew Holiday, even though I do believe he's very underrated and he's much better than people give him credit for. Um, I think they're going to, I think I could see him be the first in the East for the season and then drop in the second round or Eastern conference again. I, I agree with you there. I think Bucks are one of the best regular season teams. I've seen yeah. since I've really followed the NBA just because Giannis just takes over. But I think – I honestly think, though, Drew Holiday will kind of help take the load off Giannis because he can – Milwaukee never had anyone who can take control, and I think Drew Holiday really helps that. He's not – like – I don't know if I said that wrong, but he's – not like a, the one of the bigger names in the NBA who takes control over games, but he can kind of control the tempo. And he's someone you can trust. Like Giannis can get off the court and trust Drew Holiday to at least control uh, offense for Milwaukee. And, and and not to mention defensively too. Drew Holiday's a, a monster on defense. Yeah, that's huge. And I think it's something Bledsoe couldn't really supply that as well as Holiday will. And I think going into the playoffs, it'll definitely like Giannis won't be as fatigued or the like the pressure won't be solely on him. Yeah, he has a bit more pieces around him to help him out. There. Yeah, now he's got Drew and Milton. Yeah, and that's massive because like Bledsoe's a big name coming from the Suns, but it's not like he was a. F- X factor or someone you had to look out for, like a threat. I, I mean, all okay. All that being said, though, like um, in the last playoffs, when you watched Milwaukee, it, it looked like Giannis was deferring to like his teammates. Like if you watched how Giannis played in the regular season versus how he played in the playoffs, it was like two different people. Yeah. So I think even though he has more help, Giannis still has to be the the, the top dog, the the one who has to take over and and you know. He has to be selfish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I agree with you there. He has to be like, okay, guys, it's we're up or we're down. Like, I need to just like to swing the momentum our direction. And yeah, I think he needs to start taking control a bit more. Um, next I have written down is the Hornets. Signing Gordon Hayward to a monster deal. <laughs> what was That's it like, what they like four years, 120 mil or something? Yeah. A it's massive, a terrible. Horrible. Massive contract. Apparently Charlotte wanted him earlier. Or like signed him, signed the offer sheet. He like he signed a offer Back sheet. Back when he was on the Jazz. Yeah, but then the Jazz matched it. 
or like it was something like that. And so Charlotte wanted him a while ago and then attacked him. And uh, they also drafted LaMelo Ball third overall. And he showed a lot of flashes in preseason. He just can't really shoot that well right now. But yeah, well, I mean, Michael Jordan is just as bad an owner as he was a good a, a player. Uh, you know, like the it just the Hornets have no direction. Like, I, yeah, I, where are yeah. they going? Like the Gordon Hayward signing does nothing for your team. It'll make you a middle of the road team that's not going to get a super high draft pick, and it's you're definitely not making playoffs. So like I think getting tenth in the conference is like a good year for them. Yeah, but it does nothing. Like it. I know. It, it, it's, a, it's yeah. It's useless. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is that it's better if they just got picks and picks and picks mm-hmm. and just were signed young players. Like like if they. Like if they offer you to Bogdanovich or something, like he's a bit like kind of what um the Bucks tried to do. Or no, they tried to do it with the sign and trade. My bad. Not offer sheet. But if they just sign younger players and build them up, Gordon Hayward's like injury prone and he's kind of like a vet. So I yeah, I don't see a direction with the Hornets. Well and and, and also it's like Lamelo's gonna be playing point guard and assuming he's going to be starting for them because it'd be stupid for him not to he's like terry rosier isn't going to get minutes over Lamelo. but but also they have like Devonte graham last year you know one of the most improved players in the league he he should also be getting a starting role too and and it's like yeah they're just bad <laughs> they're just really bad yeah glock do you have anything to say about charlotte they have uh, like I said, no direction, no direction. Sign a, a how old is Gordon Hayward? 31, 30 now, yeah, like 31 year old, four year, 120 million deal. He's not like he was on the Jazz after his injury, he's not gonna do anything for them, really. They want the ball in Devontae Graham and a little metal balls hands, anyways. Um, like the best they're gonna do is they gotta like finish 10th and just have a middle pick now. Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, four years, 128 mil, $32 million a year. And yeah, they have the biggest contracts, like Cody Zeller. Yeah, and Bismack Biombo. Yeah, for and real. Gordon Hayward's 27. So when his 20... contract ends, he'll be 31. Yeah. But he's injured all the time. Like, unfortunately, his first game as a Celtic, he had that gruesome ankle injury. And then he's been out here and there with other stuff. And I think it's a really big contract assigned to a guy who's gone through that, who hasn't shown that he could stay healthy. And except when so, he was with the Jazz. But even if. Lord, sorry, I was, was going to say he's actually 30. So his contract when he's 34. So it's even worse. Yeah. Even, even if, though, like. Like, I, I just don't understand the, the signing from any reason. Like, if you were like, oh, we'll sign Hayward for box office appeal so that we'll have somebody on our team that people recognize. Well, it's like you drafted LaMelo. So there's your box office right there. So just the everything about that signing makes no sense. Yeah, I'm so dumb. I accidentally read the Celtics contract that he signed. 
That's my bad. I, I, ser- I searched up Hayward contract and it gave me the Celtics one. I'm like, why? Yeah, it's four years, 120 mil. We are right. Yeah. Yeah, that's my so, bad. All right, yeah. But still, that's that's $30 million a year. Um, next, I have the Pistons, and I'm just going to flat out say that they're just really bad this year. But why I have them written down is I'm pretty sure this is a contract year for Blake. Do you see him getting traded at the deadline to maybe a contender? Because Pistons are another team where they just need to rebuild and kind of just like start from scratch pretty much. And I think having Blake Griffin there doesn't really do you any good. So do you think trading him to a contender for maybe a few picks and a prospect will happen? Um, uh, who's going to want him? Like who's going to want Blake Griffin on their team right now? I don't think there's any contenders out there that are are hot on the market for Blake Griffin. So, I mean, they could move him. I don't know what they would get back, but um, yeah, yeah, the Pistons suck. Yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know about him. He's he's shown like like that he's kind of solid the last few years, but it's just like his history of injuries is kind of scary and is it worth giving picks up but maybe for like a playoff run might help but i just yeah i don't know where he would go would he go to like the sixers or like i don't know yeah uh, there's not a lot of places for him i mean he's kind of an underrated three-point shooter i think he um I could be completely wrong about this, so feel free to to fact check me here. But I think he attempted a, a franchise record of three pointers uh, on on the Pistons. Um, so he's kind of underrated in that aspect. But still, yeah, there's not a lot of room for Blake Griffin out there. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see about him. Um, next, I have the Wizards, and. How do you think Westbrook and Beal are going to work? Matt, I'll let you take this one. I think they're going to work pretty well, honestly. I know I know, Doug, Doug's going to have a different opinion again. I think they're going to work pretty well. I really do. And I, I think they will, at best, squeeze an eighth spot in the playoffs. Um, I, I, I believe Westbrook is very underrated, very hated on now. And you're going to see the full game he has and what he can actually bring to the table with the Wizards. And instead of having a guy that uh, just hogs the ball game on the Rockets, and he'll be the main man on Washington. And with Beal as a secondary, I think he'll do much better than people give him credit for. Yeah, like Beal was snubbed of an all-star spot last year, or two 100%. years ago. 100%, yeah. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he's like, the only player in NBA history to average more than 30 points per game and not have a an uh, all-star appearance. Like that's crazy to me. No, I mean, yeah. I, I I saw that and I was like, John Wall's hurt, and like he's carrying this Wizards team on his back, yeah, making them somewhat relevant, and he doesn't make an all-star team. I was baffled, but I think Westbrook brings a pedigree 
and like a drive to the team, which I think could energize the whole roster. And like Bryant looks a little bit more confident in his game. And Westbrook, he possesses the ball a lot, but I think he's an underrated playmaker. And I think it could help Bryant and um, Westbrook will draw a lot of attention going inside and you can maybe kick it out to Beal or a few other, other players. Yeah, I mean, they they have some some promising uh, new guys coming up. Like Rui Hachimura is a promising prospect. Um, Bertans is, is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. So that'll be interesting to see how it works with Westbrook. But... Um, yeah, past that, they don't really have many people. They're kind of a shallow team. Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, next up, seven the Philly 76ers. Um, do you think they're a value pick for the title because Danny Green's on the team and he's back to my <laughs> champion? So, <laughs> want to make it? You're out of your mind. <laughs> So, yeah, they added Danny Green, Dwight Howard, Seth Curry. Seth Curry, I feel, is extremely overlooked just because of Steph. Yeah. But Curry's, like, an all-time three-point shooter, and it's, like, pretty overlooked. And I think it just helps spread the floor. Like, Simmons can kick it out and, and beat in the post. They have Doc Rivers now coaching. So, I think Philly is going to do maybe, like, pass maybe uh, Eastern Conference semis, I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. I, I think Sixers have looked pretty decent this year. I mean, I, um, I, I, think they'll, I think they'll finish top five, probably taking that number five spot um, in the East. You know, you go. They people are talking about the Doc Rivers being their coach. Doc came from a locker room that had a lot of problems, and that was one of the re- reasons they didn't go very far in the playoffs. At least that's what the reports were. And he's going to a franchise where locker room problems have defined them for the last five years. And yeah. like Doc does have a lot of leadership that he brings, but you know, Sixers were the worst road team, I think. Uh, for the last like two years or they were among the worst uh, teams on the road the last two years and that leadership and that team um, chemistry I, I don't know I don't know how it's going to sort itself out just you know bringing Doc in fair enough mm-hmm. Glock I also think uh, Doc Rivers is a very overrated coach for the teams he's coached and for him to only win one ring with the Boston Celtics and then he had the LA uh, Clippers with Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and Chris Paul. I think he's very overrated because he's never actually achieved much for the uh, stats players he's had under him. Um, I also think Philadelphia just has a – it just seems like uh, uh, Felton or whatever the GM is, it just seems like he puts a bunch of players together that might not work together and just hopes for the best. And like Doug said, they have locker room problems. You always hear every year of trade rumors of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or someone getting traded. And I don't think that helps. Obviously, there's probably terrible, toxic, uh, a very toxic locker room. Like they're always having trade rumors. And uh, I just see them get like the fifth 
uh, see, like Doug said, I think they knocked on the first or second round once again, and then they're probably going to blow the team up. Yeah, fair enough. I think I on, I can see like either Embiid or Simmons um, getting traded after the season. Did you see that 76ers um, made Simmons available to the Rockets for Harden? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, Harden's getting up there in age, but uh, Harden and Embiid would be a pretty he's deadly also, He's also getting up there in weight. <laughs> you guys, please tell me you guys saw that photo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That guy's looking heavy, dude. Yeah, he's looking husky. Yeah. I mean, he'll still put up like 48 and 8, like a night, but. That uh, Hall of Fame fridge protector badge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, I have the Raptors. They lost like Ibaka and Gasol and Baines. Do you see them doing anything? I have them in the playoffs just because like Nick Nurse has proven he's a really good coach. And I still think they find a way to like either get on a run late in the season or make the playoffs. And I still have them in the playoffs this year. I think their X factor is Van Fleet coming off the contract. Can he play up to that? Because now he has he has like high expectations now. He's not a guy making eight or nine million dollars a year. He's making like eighteen now. So, do you guys have anything on the Raptors? Matt, you want to take this one? Um, I think they'll easily make the playoffs. Still, they have a very depth filled team. They did lose um, Gasol and Abaka, but um, they have Boucher, um, which I think will step up this year. I still think they have a very solid roster with Lowry, Van Fleet. Um, they also signed Anunobi as well. Anunobi, yeah, four-year extension or somewhere, three-year. Um, and then also a Siakam. I think Van Fleet's going to step up more, as he seems like since they won the title. Since then, like from last year, we made a big improvement, I think, this year. It's still younger. I think he can still make the next step and possibly even take over the starting position from Kyle Lowry full-time. Um, I think they're always a slept-on team just because they're from Canada and they don't have a, a huge name superstar on their team. Um, but I think they'll easily make the playoffs and go to the second round, no problem. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I, I agree they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they're making it past the first round because if they slide into that, like let's say six spot, then they're either playing the, the heat or the nets or somebody like that in that spot. And uh, yeah, they're not getting past those teams. That's fair. That one's fair. I could right. uh, definitely get knocked out from them. Um, To finish off the East. Um, I just have the T-Wolves, and I just want to add, like, they added Edwards and they brought back Rubio after he went to OKC and multiple trades to get him back. My one question is, like, where is this team going? Like, they have Cat, they added um, D'Angelo Russell, they got Anthony Edwards. Like, do you think they're doing this rebuild properly, or are they kind of rushing it? Uh, I, I think they're doing it properly, but you know, um, I, I think like if you 
listen to what Jimmy Butler said about the locker room there and and like well Wiggins was still there but when Wiggins and Cat you know were playing together he just said that nobody was really motivated to win like they weren't putting in the extra minutes they weren't putting the extra time to to improve themselves and make themselves better and you see that with Carl Anthony Towns all the time he he looks really good but you know he doesn't play very well defensively and um yeah I mean the team's definitely going to be focused around Cat but he he's got to put in the time in the gym to get better and and front office has got to provide him with some some good pieces and some depth yeah Clock. Yeah, I think, uh, like Doug said with uh, Butler, I think they're very lazy. And I also think um, just because they're age two. Um, but I also believe D'Angelo Russell, playing with Cat, and their actual friends outside the NBA and outside playing basketball, I think it's going to help. And uh, if D'Angelo Russell can play like he did on uh, the Nets uh, two years ago, and if Cat can actually step up and not be lazy and actually be consistent all season, um, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, obviously, but I think they'll make the, the a good stride forward. But again, um, I, I just think the team's not going to do well in the future anyways. It's how it was built with D'Angelo Russell and Kat uh, in their mid-20s now, and they're just drafting the first overall pick. Um, this is a big age gap between the three of them, and I also, think it's going to hurt them long term. Nobody wants to play for them. You know, they're going to have to sign somebody else like D'Angelo and, and Kat aren't going to get it done. And uh, yeah, nobody and then, wants to play. Yeah. For and their owner's always been known as a very toxic uh, guy. And people just don't want to go there in general just because of him. And they're also in Minnesota, which hurts even more. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the franchise just in general is just a terrible franchise, like point blank. Yeah, they just seem really stale and... Like, I just think they're not progressing in any direction. Like, I just, they have, like, what you said, Matt. D'Angelo Russell has shown that he's improving. Cat's a dominant center. And who knows from Anthony Edwards. But, I don't know, it's just something about them. Like, I don't see them making any noise in the next few years. But, I could No, the franchise also doesn't help with Van Garnett for so many years, and they – it didn't seem like they really tried to put a, a team around them. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think they're going to just keep doing the same thing. They're not going to put a team around Cat or D'Angelo Russell, a proper team. I think they're just going to at best struggle to make the playoffs in their best years. All right. So I want to hear your guys' eight um, playoff teams coming out of the East. Um, you can specify order if you want. I will. But if you guys want to, um, Doug, do you want to take it away? Sure. Uh, so starting, we'll just go from number one to number eight. We got uh, Bucks, Nets, Heat, Celtics, Sixers, Raptors. And then this is where the list could be any number of teams. But I, I personally think it'll be Pacers and then either the Hawks in the eighth spot or the Wizards in the eighth spot. Um, I, I think Orlando will probably slip out of playoffs this year. No doubt. Glock. I think I think it'll definitely be Bucks number one, Nets two, Celtics three. Honestly, I can see Heat four, uh, Pacers five. Even they're very underrated, I believe. They're going to show up again this year. Uh, 76ers, 
Uh, no, probably Raptors in sixth, 76ers in seventh. And then eighth, I believe it's up for grabs between Atlanta, Wizards, Orlando. And it's going to be a dogfight for that last spot, I believe. And But I believe Atlanta will take it. Doug, it's crazy because our eight are almost the exact same. Um, I got Milwaukee finishing one solely because I think they're going to rest Kyrie and KD a lot. Yeah. And Giannis doesn't really take nights off. So I, I think Bucks are taking it. Then Nets, Celtics, Miami. I got the Sixers. And I got the Raptors, Pacers, and then the Wizards in the eighth. I just think Westbrook's just going to carry them to the playoffs in the first round exit. Yeah, but, that's, that's definitely possible. Definitely that, yeah. All right. Going to the West Coast. We'll start with the reigning champs, the Lakers. Doug, we'll, uh, I'll let you kick us off with the Lakers, your team. Well, if I had to bet on a team to win the chip this year, I'm definitely putting my money on the Lakers. I mean – it's it's scary enough with what the Lakers had last year and what they were able to do, but when the best team in the league then goes out and has the best free agency in the league. It's crazy. It it it's yeah. I mean going into last year the Clippers were the heavy favorite to win, but the Lakers are definitely heavy favorite this year. I don't think there's any questions about that. You never see that happen. You never no. see like an NBA champion get better. Mm-hmm. They signed Davis to a max, and then they got Schroeder. They got the sixth man of the year, Harrell. And and, and sorry to interrupt, West- but, but but Schroeder could have been the sixth man of the year too. They they yeah. have two sixth man of the year essentially, <laughs> yeah. like signed to their team in an off season where they were the best team. So yeah. They got Kuzma on a bargain deal, like yeah. paying forty million for three years for Kuzma is a great deal. I mean, you look at the Clippers; they're they're competition really in the West. And they signed Luke Kennard to a three year deal for sixty four million dollars. <laughs> that that was their big move in the off season. So yeah, I Lakers are definitely coming out of the West in my opinion. I think because I think the Clippers are beating the Lakers right now, but and I think the Lakers just because such a short off season, they might mm-hmm. come out of the gates a bit slow. Yeah. And maybe rest a bit, but you know, they just, they just got better and it's hard not to bet them to win because LeBron's motivated to get to catch Jordan with rings. So LeBron's definitely not going to take nights off. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it doesn't matter where the Lakers finish as long as they get to the playoffs like they're gonna finish top two in the West, like minimum. Mm-hmm. They're probably gonna come out of the West one, but LeBron just has to get there, and then he's gonna playoff. Brown's gonna click, like come in. Yeah, I mean, would you rather have playoff Brown or pandemic P? You know, like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's game over. I think I, I don't want to call it too early, but, but. They're they're definitely the heavy favorites. Yeah. Uh, Glock, do you have anything to touch on with the Lakers? The Lakers. Um, I I definitely think they had the best offseason. I uh, unbiasedly I will say I think Davis and LeBron after everything said that will be one of the best duels in NBA history. I think they'll go and win championships together. They 
they have no ego between each other. Um, they seem like they they build the locker room properly with no uh, no toxic um, not, nothing like do with like with the Clippers where all the toxic rumors come out. Um, and uh, yeah, with being Montrose Harrell and uh, and Schroeder, I uh, I think the only other team that can compete with them this year in the West is the Nuggets. I think they're very depth filled. I think they're more depth filled than Lakers and possibly the the Nets. Not to mention, sorry, we forgot to to talk about they signed Mark Gasol too. Yeah, which is I mean he's getting older, but it's a huge piece because now you can stretch the floor at all five positions. Because Gasol can and, he can stroke it from three from yeah. here and there. Yeah. And he's and, just a big man. And also they got rid of Danny Red. You know, like getting <laughs> getting rid of Danny Red release <laughs> and signing Wesley Math Matthews, I think, to uh like a three point six million dollar contract yeah. is is turning the fifteen million dollar contract for Danny Green and making it ten million dollars cheaper for a player that's gonna do the same job. It, Palinka did a fantastic job in yeah. the offseason. And Davis easily could have won finals MVP last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he could have easily yeah. won it. He carried LeBron. LeBron, I think he did, like, he dished the ball a lot. I think they really go off your stat line. So, like, points, assists, boards, all that. And AD was favored in the points. They were maybe close in rebounds, but I think LeBron taking the next step in assists. And you can tell he was conducting the Lakers a bit more. But Anthony Davis, man, he dominated in the playoffs and he could have easily won finals MVP. And, you know, like like you guys were saying about the Clippers and kind of how toxic their locker room is, like Kawhi's future is uncertain with the Clippers because he's in his – I think his last year, and then he's got an option after. So he can either decline it or mm-hmm. not. So this could potentially be his last year with L.A. Because Paul George is extremely inconsistent. And they just signed him to a max this offseason. So, what... And... Uh, uh, Honestly, so yeah, I think we all have Lakers finishing top of the West and probably back in the finals this year. And talking about Kawhi and Paul George, we'll transition into the Clippers. And I say they didn't have as good of an offseason as the Lakers. We'll put it that way. They definitely downgraded because they lost Harrell to their rivals and they brought in a back Ibaka, who don't get me wrong, he's... I wouldn't not take him on my team, but he's not like a piece like, okay, we're good. We have a Baca now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like he's competent. He's a competent piece, but it's a he's it's not a strong strong downgrade from, from Harold. Yeah. 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 I like Harold coming off six man of the year. And then you just like it was almost like a they pressed the panic button. Yeah, and I mean, signed Ibaka. I mean, pandemic P two. The dude is literally just a a box of excuses at this point. I I don't think I've heard heard him one time in the last, you know, playoffs or off season take credit for the fact 
that he was hitting the backboard from the side uh, <laughs> in the playoffs. Like, he was like, yeah, uh, Doc Rivers wasn't giving me enough um, post-up opportunities. And it's like, yeah. well, that's just not true. He, he got more this year than he did last year. So, yeah, they're not good. Also, uh, uh, the shoulder, the shoulder injury was, I think, uh, maybe a career ender for him from his uh, MVP status. Yeah. The, the shoulder injury, it seems like that ends players' uh, shooting capabilities. Like, well, he's been in the regular season, but even his past regular season, he wasn't where he was on OKC. Like with Paul George, for every like thirty point game he has, he gets like ten or like 12 but then he's like one for 10 from three like he's like he has like three stinkers for every like 35 point game he has and i don't think that's something you are should expect out of a max guy like i would resign him because he's good on the defensive end but i don't know about a max and like Clippers are, I have them finishing top three in the West, but I don't know if they have enough to beat the Lakers, and I think the Lakers are the juggernaut this year. Yeah, I fully agree. All right, next I have the Denver Nuggets. Um, they lost Jeremy Grant this year, and he's not like he went to the Pistons, and he's not. Like he's just a good depth piece, I think. But I also think Michael Porter Jr. takes a big step this year. Hopefully. And kind of I think he's gonna exceed what Jeremy Grant did. Like absolutely. But I have the Nuggets doing really good this year. I think Jamal Murray is gonna continue off that momentum he had in the postseason and Jokic is one of the best centers. So what do you guys have on the Nuggets? Um, take this one here. I I think the Nuggets are the Lakers' uh, um, biggest rivalry this year, probably, and I believe uh, they'll give them the best chance. I believe the Nuggets have the best chance of being the Lakers. I believe I believe Murray will step up to be an All Star this year. I believe Jokic will be an MV will be an MVP candidate properly, uh, probably. Um, I think I think Michael Porter Jr. will step up to be possibly the most improved player. I think Bull Bull, um, people, I think if he gets his minutes, I think he'll do a lot better than people are going to think he will. Uh, will do a lot better than people think he will do. Um, they're very depth filled. Um, I, I I would not doubt. I would not be shocked if they beat the Lakers in the playoffs. I believe John Murray and Jokic can step up to be some superstars. Um, I think I'd they definitely can do all. be surprised if they beat the Lakers in the playoffs. And Very I don't surprised. know about the Jokic MVP candidate, but yeah, I also like it's really tough for a center to be an MVP candidate or like in that discussion. But man, Jokic is probably I'd say like a top ten player in the league. But I don't no, know. No if he's going to be in the MVP discussion. I'm not saying for sure. It's a, it's a wild card. One. There's a chance. I mean, there's always a chance. Alex Caruso could be in the MVP conversation, <laughs> but <laughs> he won't be. 
but uh no you're pretty wild for that one matt that's a hot take if you think Jokic is going to be in the mvp conversation over kd Giannis, lebron ad i will i will defend matt here he didn't say that he will he said that he's capable of doing so so i'll give him that if he has yes if he has a good enough season and everyone kind of doesn't play up to their potential, then I think Jokic will be in the MVP discussion. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah, no. Um. So, yeah, I have the Nuggets doing really well this year. Um. Next, the Warriors. They get Steph back, and then they added Ubre, Wiseman, and Bazemore in the offseason. And they got spanked tonight. But <laughs> Dustin, <laughs> Dustin off the cobwebs. For Steph and Ubre looked extremely confident. I don't know if you guys watched the game, but they looked extremely confident. But he just was throwing up bricks. So the yeah. confidence is there, but maybe it was just an off night for him because he he had a big improvement last year, if I'm not mistaken. He upgraded his play last year, but. Maybe it's just the pressure of playing with the Warriors. He kind of knows what their expectation is with Steph coming back. I don't know if it's that or if it was just an off night. Um, I'm obviously expecting the Warriors to do better just because I think Steph has that capability of carrying them. But what do you guys have from the Warriors? Well, so so with Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, or Kelly Oubre, uh, he – He'll be good this year, I think. Um, he's got to stay aggressive. He looked like, like you said, confident in the first game. He had that really nice putback dunk over yeah. Durant, and um, yeah, I mean, he shot. I think it was like three for fourteen. Yeah. So that's not like great. He, like he looked, like he, like he was going after the bucket. He was going up for rebounds. He was shooting a lot from three. They just weren't going in. And if he just like hits half. Mm-hmm. And he's making a lot of noise. So I've he could be obviously not Clay because Clay's one of the best shooters of all time. But I mean, if he can try and step up a bit more than what he's used to, then I think he can be a trustworthy piece for Steph. Here's a bit of a hot take, but I think he's got the potential to be the second best player on the team because I don't think Mr. Triple Single. Draymond Green uh, is going to do very well this season. No, I agree. And he's Draymond Green's out with an injury, so who knows if that will hamper him this year. Yeah. But Draymond Green's super, like, he's either Defensive Player of the Year or he's coming off the bench. And and also, I mean, Draymond Green worked well when there was all, like, or when um, Golden State was filled with shooters, and he could yeah. kind of fill that role of playmaker. And th- obviously they have Curry, but beyond that, there's not a lot of shooting depth there. Yeah. And also to that point, because of there not being any shooting depth, it gives teams an, an opportunity to really lock down on Curry. And I know people are saying, oh, he's going to have an MVP season this year and stuff like that. But I really don't think so. Because if, if you look how he played before, he really depended on on Clay to be Clay. open and, yeah. and draw a lot of um, energy towards him so that Curry could go to work and, and get his chances. But I think he's going to have a tough year this year. Guac? 
Um, I honestly do not think Golden State's going to do that well this year. I think they'll be a bottom uh, seed playoff team, like a six to eight spot. I think they'll get bounced first round, honestly. Um, I don't think Curry's going to put MVP uh, season at all. Um, he's not getting younger, obviously, but obviously he's just he's a shooter. So it doesn't hurt his nothing to do with athleticism. Um, sorry, but with all – me? Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but you think the Warriors are going to make the playoffs this year? I think six to eight the best. Wow. Okay. Uh, I have them at like I'm, 13th or 12th. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being very generous. I see some people think they're going to be like a top four team. No. No. No, I know. Um, yeah, they just they just added a bunch of players this past offseason. Um, I, I can't do anything special. I don't see Curry doing anything special. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a real, kind of a lackluster season for them. And then I think I think the Warriors dynasty overall is over with Clay coming back next year. Hopefully, um, there's another year older, and I think their dynasty is over for sure. All right. Um, the Houston Rockets, they bring in Wall. They lose Westbrook. I don't know how long Harden's going to be there for. He's probably going to be out of the trade deadline or at the end of the season. But do you think he's out? Like, do you see anything happening with the Rockets? They also added Cousins, but, I mean, it's more of – I think Cousins is just trying to prove himself. But – I don't really have much on the Rockets. Do you guys? Um, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll probably just slip into that eighth spot. Um, I think, I think Harden will definitely carry him to a playoff spot. I mean, he pretty much does that every year anyways, even though he has got a lot of support, but he's the best ISO player in the league probably of all time. And uh, yeah, I, I think they'll still make playoffs, but, they're definitely not going to go far. And that, like you said, that DeMarcus Cousins addition is a huge if. Like, it it could pay off really well if, if he manages to, to return to any f- similar form that he was in. And um, same goes for John Wall. I mean, he, he hasn't played in two years. So, you know, they're both huge ifs. I, I, if I just say one thing about that John Wall-Westbrook trade, it's a horrible trade. Uh, it's it's awful. It makes absolutely no sense for the for the Rockets. It makes no sense. Like John Wall is just worse than Westbrook by every like measurable category, and it's the same. Like it's roughly the same bad contract. So it's not like they're getting a better contract. So it, yeah, I don't think it was a very good offseason move for the Rockets. Rock, do you have anything? Um, I think. Uh... Wall and uh, Cousins are washed players, honestly, at this point. I don't think they're – I think they're out of their prime, especially with their injuries. I don't think they're going to hit the stride they used to. Um, if Harden stays on the team the entire year, yeah, I think I think they're in the playoffs. As Doug said, um, Harden's probably the best ice player of all time, carries the team no matter what. I think if he gets traded for possible picks or younger players, obviously Wall and Cousins aren't taking the playoffs one bit. All right, next we got the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they added Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and they re-signed Sarich, but they lost Rubio, Ubre, and Baines. Do you think Booker and Aiton's value go up with Chris Paul? Definitely. Yeah. 
I mean, Chris yeah. Paul carried OKC to a playoff spot with the help of SGA, but like Chris Paul, he's still like he was an All Star last year. Yeah, pe- people really uh, underrate Chris Paul. I think. Like I um, thought at first it was a bad trade, but then I just I got the knowledge kicked in, and I was like, oh no, he's still capable of like really, really helping a team. Yeah, I mean Chris Paul's a point god. Like he he might not score a lot, but he's, he's like the prototypical uh, point guard. Yeah, he's arguably the best playmaking point guard in the league still, next to maybe like LeBron if you consider LeBron a point guard. Um but yeah, with with Paul and Booker in the backcourt, it's uh it'll be dangerous. Yeah. Glock. Um I think, yeah, I think Chris Paul is very underrated. People don't give him the credit he deserves, especially now. As any team he goes on, they became they become a top contender. Or even OKC last year, they weren't supposed to make the playoffs. And they finished, like, fifth or sixth seed last year. And they take Rockets to, like, game seven or something. So I think I think uh, Chris Paul is very underrated. And I honestly have the Suns making the playoffs with him. Mm-hmm. Um, as he will be, a, I think, a good mentor to uh, Booker. And help Aiden as well. Yeah, I think just with in terms of alley oops and chances for like inside scoring, I think Aiden is going to be a big piece this year. For he steps up. Yeah. Um. Last to finish off the West for what I've written down, and you guys can chime in and add anything you guys want. But I got the Blazers, and they added Covington, they, uh, Cantor, and they brought in Jones Jr. from the Heat. I really think the Covington addition helps because he's like a 3 and D player, and he can kind of guard up and down the lineup. What do you guys have on the Blazers? Um, I think their injury uh, – they're, they're so injury-prone last year, which I think hurt them. I think Damian Lillard – like, you could easily say first or second best point guard in the league. You don't count LeBron. Um, and if they if they aren't injury prone this year, I could easily see them make the playoffs. Um, they'll obviously get bounced by a top team still. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, they're, they're, their depth is pretty good as well on their team. Um, but I think it comes down to injuries. Like, they have a season like last year where – it was just player after player sitting on the bench with injuries. Obviously, they're going to struggle again. Um, yeah. I think if they don't, they could easily slide into the fifth or sixth spot. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, I think Blazers uh, probably that fourth or fifth spot in the West. And uh, with with Nurkic coming back this year, it'll be interesting to see how much that injury affected him last year. Yeah. Um. But Blazers are a good team. And they give any team a run for their money, I think. Yeah. I um yeah, I think Dame is like he's just proven time and time again that he's one of the more dangerous players in the league. CJ McCollum is in like one of the best Robins to a Batman in the league. And Nurkic is he's solidified as like a solid center if he's healthy and then Covington's good on the defensive end which really helps them like 
stop the scoring of other offenses. So I think Blazers really take a step up this year. Yeah, and uh, knock on wood, but Lillard never gets injured. Like, he's almost every single season plays almost every single game. So yeah. they got that going for them too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Iron Man. All right. Um, so that's the West on what I have noted down. Do you guys want to give your playoff teams coming out of the West? Sure. Matt, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Right. So I think I think Lakers first uh, or Denver Nuggets, I think it's going to be interchangeable. just matters who someone gets injured or not on each team. Then after that, I believe it will be Clippers three. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if – it matters with the fourth. It matters if Harden plays or not, and how well Wall and Cousins does as well. I think that's the what if. Um, I can also see the Trailblazers pop in the fourth. So I'd try to put the Trailblazers in the fourth, Rockets in the fifth if Harden plays throughout the season for them, and or Jazz in the sixth. Um, I think um, the Rockets and Jazz easily could be changed. Uh, the seventh Mavericks is. I don't think they've made any big moves this offseason. Luca's obviously going to do a lot better. So there's the what if there. And I think the eighth will be the Suns. And I think um, the Grizzlies and uh, and uh, we'll just be outside of it. And I actually forgot to name the Warriors. I just realized that. All right. Well, I think that's a, I got to say, that's a horrible list for you there, Matthew. Uh I think most of those teams are out of place and the Warriors are definitely not making the playoffs. Um, but I could see you really sign the eight spot. No, not a chance. Okay, only time will tell. So I, um, I got Lakers number one, then I got Clippers, Nuggets. Um, I think, unlike Matt, I think the Mavericks will slide into that fourth spot. I think Luka is going to have an MVP caliber season. If I had to to put money on the MVP, I'd probably put it on Luca. Like he's insane. Um, he almost carried him past the. I mean, I almost carried him past the Clippers. They there really wasn't a chance, but still, like they put up a good fight, and that was pretty much all Luca. Um, so I think Mavericks slide into the fourth. Blazers slide into the fifth. I think Jazz will be sixth. I think the Suns will actually make the playoffs this year and go seventh. And then I think, like I said before, the Rockets will slide into that eighth spot. I think without Chris Paul, the Thunder is going to miss the playoffs. And uh, I, I was thinking about the Pelicans maybe making the playoffs with Zion this year, but I, I, th- I think they're still too young. Yeah. So mine is pretty similar to Doug's. I got Lakers winning. I got Denver number two. I got the Clippers three. I got the Mavs four. I got the Jazz set, uh, fifth. I got the Blazers sixth. And then Houston seventh. I I was flip-flopping between Houston and the Warriors for that seventh spot. But if, like, if Harden stays with Houston all year, I think they're going to be in that seventh spot. But I think Eight is the Suns. I think the Suns make the playoffs this year. So my list here, I got Lakers, Denver, Clippers, Mavs, the Jazz, Blazers, 
Houston, and Phoenix. That's my team for the West. Solid. All right, guys. Um, Those are the conferences. Did you guys – I have, like, an all-NBA first team. I don't know if you guys did that. Yeah. I got an idea of who I think would be there. Yeah. So, I did, like, a – I wrote, like, all three teams, but, like, just to kind of see the different types of players. But I think my all-NBA first team, I got Dame, uh, Luca as the guards, and then I got Giannis and Davis, and then I got Bam. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I, I can see Bam I think, do something. I think on Bam him. really takes the next step this year. I think he really does good for the Heat. I think so. He's, he's young. He's young. Yeah. I have uh, Luca at guard, Dame at guard, Giannis at forward. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I have LeBron at forward. And then at center, I have Anthony Davis or possibly very wild card, very, very wild card, um, Carl Anthony Towns. It's possible. That is definitely a, a wild, wild, hot take one. He's, I feel like Cat's kind of flying under the radar this year. But that could just be me. But. I feel like he flies under the radar every year and then continues to fly under the radar. Like <laughs> literally flying under the radar. <laughs> like there's nothing to see. Fair enough. Dougie, do you have an all-NBA first team? Yeah, so I thought about it quite a bit. And um, I think – so I'll just read you the five. Uh, I got LaMelo Ball, LiAngelo Ball, Lonzo Ball, <laughs> LeVar Ball, and the fourth ball brother, Little Dicky. Um, I think they all have the potential to be great and uh, I mean LeVar is better than MJ so that's yeah. enough said there Lon- uh, Lonzo is better than Steph yeah I, I mean LaMelo is pretty much LeBron yeah you know Magic Johnson crossover and, and Little uh, Dicky yeah I mean great lyrics yeah um, <laughs> no but okay but seriously I, I, I agree with you Jevin I think Dame and Luca will be the guards. And then I got LeBron, Giannis, and AD uh, for the forward spot. So, for real. I mean, uh, there's so much talent in the league. It could be KD could be switched in there. Uh, Steph could be switched in there. Yeah, it totally um, solely comes down, I think, to injuries. Jokic could be switched in there. Yeah, I was deciding for the first team, first team to be Jokic or Bam at center. But I went with Bam. I think he just takes the next step this year. He had a really relevant playoffs. He was really solid on the defensive end. He's a big, physical, aggressive player. And I just think he just goes to that next level. Yeah. All right. So uh, winding down, we're going to go to our uh, end of the season awards. We'll each do uh, one by one. So we'll each give our MVP, our rookie of the year, Defensive player of the year. I have six of them. So the MVP, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, most improved, six man, and coach of the year. So we'll finish off with MVP. So let's start with coach of the year. Um, Who do you guys have coach of the year? Uh, I think I'd probably go with Steve Nash. I think 
I think he's kind of an underdog. I think people will go, you know, he's hasn't coached a team before, but he's one of the smartest basketball minds ever. And uh, I think reigning in the, the egos of Kyrie and, and Katie is going to be a difficult job. And if he can do it, I think he's got it locked down. I was thinking Steve Nash, but I just think KD and Kyrie there might like that's true took it away from me a bit. Yeah, because like how much does it fall on Steve Nash and how much does it fall on the talent of the Mm -hmm. team? But Steve Nash is definitely like I think he'll finish as a candidate for sure. Uh, Matt, Um, I have Steve Nash as well. Um, uh, More or less, Doug hit the. uh, hammer on top of the nail with it, with what he said. But also, I think if Brooklyn gets first uh, overall in the East, I can't see why he wouldn't get coach of the year, especially having to deal with uh, uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I have Doc Rivers. I think he's just going to take Philly. I think he's going to take control of that team. And I think they're just going to look better this year. But... He's definitely going to go through the season with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. After being blamed for the Clippers' uh, losses, even though with everybody with two eyes knows it was pandemic P. But um, and I just think he has a more well-rounded team than he. Um, obviously he had um, Kawhi and Paul George, but I just think I don't know why I just think I Seth Curry on that team just as like a quiet player coming off the bench he really stretches the floor and kind of gives he's an underrated shooter in the league and I think he'll really bolster Ben Simmons and Embiid and take the attention off them a bit but yeah I got Doc Rivers um six man of the year we'll go back to Doug um I that's a tough one I I mean It, it could be Schroeder if he if Schroeder comes off the bench. Um, it, yeah, I I think you know actually thinking about it, I, I don't think Karis Levert is starting for the Nets. And yeah, I was thinking Levert too. Levert is a is a monster, a very underrated monster. And uh, if he comes back, because I know like he got that gruesome injury last year. I mean, he came back and he was still playing good, but he's he still got to go through a little bit bit of work to get back to where he was before. Yeah. But if he can do that, um, and if he stays coming off the bench, I could see Levert being sixth man of the year for sure. Yeah. Glock? Uh, I have Karis Levert or Spencer Dinwiddie. Just matters if Karis Levert starts or not. I think um, Dinwiddie's starting. Yeah, Dinwiddie Are started we? today. I think Dinwiddie Dinwiddie's starting at shooting guard. Because I heard um, Steve Nash say he wants to play Karis LeVert in a uh, Ginobili type of role. And so I do have uh, Karis LeVert as six man. Okay. Yeah, I I really like Karis LeVert this year too. I have – I was deciding between LeVert or uh, Gallinari from the Hawks. Can we um, do an honorable mentions here? Sure. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> oh, Yo, I was I was looking up six man of the year candidates or to look out for and Melo was like the first one that popped up. I was like, "Yo, let's go." Had a shot. He's definitely <laughs> he embraces go. the role, and 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 does well. And you know, doesn't play selfish. Yeah, he could he could definitely slot himself into six man of the year contention. So uh, we're all in agreement that Karis LeVert, six man. Yeah, of the year. I think. And he he balled out tonight as well, which mm-hmm. just sold me even more on it. But 
Yeah. Uh, most improved player. Uh, we'll go back to Doug. Um, I think with Curry being back and um, yeah, this is a very hot take because this the player I'm about to name should have exploded years before, but I think Andrew Wiggins has a chance to take that next step and uh, break out of that the mediocrity that he's stuck in because he he should be uh, an all star talent player, but he just hasn't he hasn't progressed at all. But with Curry on the floor and Draymond and and um, you know some some attention taken away from him and put on Steph, he's got he's got a chance. Yeah, because at Minnesota, he was almost looked at as the guy because Cat can't really conduct an offense, but Andrew Wiggins was looked to do that, and he just never could. So I think with Steph and what was supposed to be Clay there as well and Draymond, Wiggins is in that third, fourth role. So I could see, like, he doesn't have the pressure on him now, and he can kind of just play loose mm-hmm. and play – what he was looked at going in when he was drafted number one. So I I can understand that pick there. Um, Matt? Um, Doug, that is definitely hot, hot take. Yeah, super hot take, but it's, it's hot, spicy. Uh, he has a history of being lazy and very well known being lazy. My most improved is either Michael Porter Jr. or Shea uh, Gilgis Alexander. Congratulations for saying that name, by the way. I would have gone with SGA. The hard one for sure. Um, I think with with oh, with him on OKC and everyone else off, uh, the ball looks to run through his hands. I think the thing that might hurt him is he'll put up empty stats, um, which I think will hurt him possibly, as I think it hurt Quante Graham last year. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., I believe if he actually makes an impact on Denver and they actually finish in the top two, top three, I think he has a very legitimate chance of him most improved. That's a, yeah, I like MVJ this year as well. But uh, I got SGA winning most improved. I just think with the ball running through his hands, I, who else is on OKC? Al Horford. But I think that would just help SGA. Even more, just just throw it to Al Horford like for inside scoring. He'll get some assists, and he was good last year. And I just think he's gonna do better because he'll be carrying the weight. Can I just say two more names that I, I are less of a hot take, but definitely have potential for sure. Um, I think Lonzo Ball has a chance to have a breakout season. He's playing with some some good guys, and as he's getting more comfortable shooting the ball, uh, I think he could be uh, having a big season. And then also, Full kind of more of a season from Zion can help him. Yeah, and exactly. Zion came in late. Yeah, well, I think he only played twenty games last season. I mean, I know it was cut short, but still. Um, and then also uh, Dejounte Murray on the Spurs. Uh, he's a favorite of Popovich, and I I think he's kind of sliding under the radar, but. If Pop likes to give him some space to run and and give him some minutes, I I think you could see a big season from his him as well. I like that. I like that. All right, um, back to you, Doug. Defensive Player of the Year. 
Uh, Rudy Gobert. I mean, he signed that giant contract that I think he got paid way too much for, but he's always in, <laughs> he's he's always in the in the conversation for yeah. defensive player of the year. So I put my money on him. Um, I think Giannis has a chance, but I think voter fatigue will kick in as he's won back-to-back MVPs and defensive player of the year already. So I think it'll be Bam out of bio. Um, I think he will step up, like Jim said, and I think he'll actually um, take the next step to possibly a superstar talent with Miami as he's only 23 now. And um, especially after such a good bubble, um, I think all eyes will be on him this season. That's, um, that's my pick as well. I have Bam winning the yeah. play of the year, and that's why I have him in my All-NBA first team. I think I think he really explodes this year, coming off the NBA Finals, and he was a huge factor in that run. He was hurt for some of it, but when he was healthy, he had that huge block on Jason Tatum. That went. That was like a big play from him, and really put his name on the map. And he he was a solid player. He was hard to get past. Um. In that playoff run. So, yeah, I have Bam as well. Um, rookie of the year, Dougie. You, you know who I'm picking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even need to ask me. LaMelo <laughs> Ball's got it locked down. Yeah, I think, you know, he just looks so – he's so flashy. And if he can just bring a shooting around and, yeah. and you know – get comfortable out there well i mean he already is super comfortable out there look at the way he's passing yeah dude has just confidence overflowing out of him his shooting Uh, needs to uh needs to drastically improve if he wants to win it yeah i think i think it's still early i think he'll have like very streaky shooting but um yeah lamella ball all the way glock um i think it's either gonna be james wiseman or lamella ball no, um, I'm on the same page tonight, man. I think the thing that could help Wiseman is just having more talent around him that could elevate and make him look better as a player. Lamelo Ball, though, if he can actually, I think he can actually bring up a, uh, a bigger difference and show his, his skill set uh, better than James Wiseman. Um, I think he'll win and just because really the ball's going to go through his hands. He's going to man the team. Uh, if he can make a big difference, he's easily going to win it. Um, it just comes down to that. And the, and the media also love Lamelo, Like, the they media do. usually – I don't want to say – Yeah, I don't want to say they pick who uh, who these winners are, but most of the time it's the media's narrative around these players that drives them to, to win the awards, and they love Lamelo. so. Fair enough. Yeah, I have uh, I have Wiseman winning. I have Wiseman or Ball, so me and Glock are like pretty dead on. Uh, but I have Wiseman. I think Steph is going to really elevate his game, and he looked really comfortable tonight. And he's able to shoot the three. He looks confident, and I think there's whenever Steph's playing, there's a lot of media towards him, and I think that'll feed on to Wiseman and I he's starting the first bit of the year with green out and I think if he really impresses then he'll continue to start so yeah I got Wiseman winning yeah um the big 
the big award, MVP, um, Dougie. Um, I think I already said earlier that I, yeah. I would probably give it to Luca. Yeah. Um, dude had an MVP caliber season last last season. I, I think he's only going to get better. So, and and and, and Stapps is out. Yeah, so he still has to carry the Mavs. There's nobody really on the Mavericks to to help him, so he's got to do it all by himself. And I mean, the same could be said for Harden, but I think if Harden's not going to win MVP, like averaging whatever he did last year, like 34 points per game or whatever it was, I don't think he'll win it this year. So I'm putting my money on Luca. Glock. Um, I think I think Giannis will be the best player in the NBA next year, but I think voter fatigue will hurt him quite a bit. So I do think it'll be Luca, um, as as he has no other superstar on his team. And uh, if he can push the Mavs pretty far up the seed uh, ranking in the West, it's kind of a shoo-in. But I, I do think uh, Giannis will be the best in the NBA next year still. Yeah, I think we're all uh, Luca for MVP. Um, I think, yeah, like Doug said, he had MVP season last year. And I think he's just going to elevate it more. I want to change one of my picks because I meant to, but I still had it written down as my old pick. Uh, Coach of the year, I think it's going to be Mike Monroe for the Nuggets. I think he's going to win coach of the year. That's a good one. I think, yeah, I just think the Nuggets are going to take a big step from last year. And I think um, now that a lot of his players have like kind of grown into their potential a bit more from last year. I think he kind of knows how to elevate them a bit more to the next step. And I think he's going to carry them to a two seed along with the star Murray has become and obviously how solid Jokic is. And they now know what they got out of MPJ because he showed glimpses from last year. So yeah, I got Michael Monroe for Denver Nuggets winning coach of the year. I'm just going to bring it back to that. And We'll finish off with our NBA Finals picks. Um, I feel I have a really good feeling that we're all going to have the same pick. And I'm just going to say it, and you guys can agree. But I think Lakers are beating the Nets in the NBA Finals. I think Agreed. with the well-rested Denver uh, – not Denver team, Brooklyn team with KD because I think KD and Kyrie are going to take some time off during the regular season. I think Bucks will win the East or like finish first in the East, but I think Brooklyn will make to the finals versus the Lakers, but I got Lakers in six. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it's like the, the, the best chance uh, by I far. Could, I could see it even being Lakers in seven. I think that Nets yeah. team is going to be uh, yeah, I was, very I was deadly. Really, I was really deciding between Lakers and Nets, but I don't know, just – like how beat up are KD and um, Kyrie going to be? Because I feel like they're not going to rest a lot in the playoffs. But also Lakers, they had a long season last year. They could have a long season again. So two pretty tired teams. But, yeah, I got Lakers in six or seven this year. Um are you guys do you guys have a different answer? Are you guys in agreement? Or I think overall, I think that's a 
very really good opinion. Um, I, I think the Celtics, if Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown possibly could step up to the next level, but I don't think any, anyone's going to beat the, the Brooklyn Nets in the East. I think it's going to be um, Brooklyn Nets and Lakers. And I think we all are going to have the same, uh, um, same picks here. Yeah. I got yeah. I got Tatum making one of the All NBA teams. I think he's gonna. Kind of I think he makes. Pardon me. I think he makes the next step this year. Yeah. As a possible star talent player. Yeah, because Kemba's hurt for the first bit of the season, so Tatum's gonna have to like take that role as carrying this team, and I think he's extremely capable of that. He really showed it last year, so I think I got Tatum making the third All NBA team. So I could definitely see the Celtics being pretty serious this year. All right, boys. It was a pleasure. That's the 2020-2021 NBA season preview. Pretty uh I think we all had pretty similar picks. I was in agreement with you guys for I was in agreement with Doug a lot with the standings and Glock with the awards, but I think we all had pretty good picks. Um, and I'm going to listen back to this and I'm going to post our picks, but yeah, this was fun. Um, Dougie, where can, uh, people find you if they want to follow you? Uh, uh, at Doug, I really on Instagram, it's not, not hard. Um, that's about it. All right, Glock. Uh, just Matt underscore or Matt Glock on Instagram. Um, I probably won't let you follow me. But, uh, <laughs> follow follow uh, uh, Kairos uh, K Y R O S on Instagram. Greatest sunglasses on the market. That's clothing on the market. Best clothing on the market. You're right. Beautiful, beautiful. And you guys know where to find find me at Jevin on Instagram at Jevin on Twitter. And follow the podcast at leftsideheavy.thepod on Instagram, at, at sideheavy on Twitter. Intro outro music is Savage by Tom Ivory featuring Six Man. You can find that on all platforms. It's a part of his Get Well Soon mixtape. And don't forget to subscribe and download the episodes. You can find the link in the bio on the podcast on my personal Instagram apple Podcasts, and spotify and thanks for listening see you guys next time